Following Christ in 2021 is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Hello and welcome back to the uncomfortable truth. Have you ever been to a sporting event and you're in, the first quarter hadn't even started and somebody spills beer all over you? Because their first quarter started at 8 o'clock that morning. (laughs) (laughs) That's uncomfortable. And speaking of that, we were at a Dallas Cowboys game uh, this uh, Thursday for Thanksgiving. And we have a special guest on the podcast. I'm going to talk about him a little bit. His name's Corey Miller. Corey is the director of event presentation for the Dallas Cowboys. So his job is, I'm going to try to lay this picture out for you, but he can probably do it better. Imagine a room with about, I'm going to say, 15 to 20 people in this room. Is that right, Corey? Yeah. And screens everywhere with the sliders that you're adjusting sound and redoing replays. And and then imagine a guy standing up, pacing the room with a headset that's telling everybody what to do. That's Corey. That's his job. And what he huh. does is he, su- he supplies the entertainment for in-game and also events that are held at AT&T Stadium. It's almost like air traffic control Yeah, talk to at him. an NFL football game. Listen, right. try to talk to this guy on game day. <laughs> it's, Not great. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to handle. I bet it's stressful. The, so if you go to a Cowboys game and you're watching the big board or any pretty any TV that's on in the, in the Cowboy game, Corey's the guy in there uh, presenting that to you and putting, all, putting that, that show together. Uh, Corey's also happens to be my brother-in-law. That's the second best thing about him besides being a, <laughs> being a presentation I'm so surprised you didn't say first best thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the first best thing that he gets to be my brother-in-law. Yeah, okay. True story. <laughs> no, Corey's an awesome dude, and yeah, I've been married to his sister for over 15 years, and uh, Corey and I have been able to, to develop a relationship. He's, he's, my, he's my brother. And we walk through life together, and, and Corey is a, a fantastic influence on, um, you know, out take the job away from it. That The job doesn't make the person. He's got a cool job, and, and people want to know him because his job sometimes. Um, but that doesn't make Corey who Corey is. Corey's very loyal uh, to the people around him. He loves he loves his family. He loves the people he works with. He, he treats everybody with kindness and respect. Um, just, just a great, fantastic dude. Corey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Corey just woke up. <laughs> you know, it's, it's been a long stretch, so I, you know, it's I appreciate you guys letting me sleep till at least eight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Corey, just walk us through. Um, I'm sure the listeners will be super excited to to kind of get a uh, kind of a deep dive into you know how the Cowboys organization works as far as what you do. Walk us through um, a game day for you. 
Wake up. No, yeah. I, I thought you were going somewhere else. I thought you okay. were going to say, how did I get there? Yeah, let's go there first. Let's, all sure, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You're, awesome. Listen, he's more, He's more. this is his job, right? Like, he does this stuff all the time. <laughs> Corey, tell us how to do our podcast, please. Yeah. So. That was the wrong screen. <laughs> wrong screen. Don't, wrong ask, screen. don't ask that question yet. I'm surprised yet. I didn't get yelled at. <laughs> you read should, the teleprompter wrong, bro. Should have brought some scripts. <laughs> yeah, how, how did you get... Well, from it, Hallsville, Texas, yeah. to being the director of event presentation for the Cowboys. So the the me's in in the sport world, it, I'm probably one of the most unorthodox in kind of my pathway to get there just because most people take multiple jobs and bounce around to get, you know, the title that they want or, or the paycheck that they want. And, you know, for me, coming out of A&M, uh, our, my last semester there, it was mandatory that you, you had an internship. And back then in sport management, they had contracts with different teams, uh, different YMCAs, golf courses. Because back then, sport management, you could literally do run a golf course, run a YMCA, be in sports. And I wasn't exactly sure what, you know, that, that that meant for me. Like, I knew I wanted to be around sports. I know I wanted to, you know, be involved some degree just because growing up in a, in a household with a coach your whole life and, and being around it, it was just natural for me. So um, the contract that the Cowboys had with A&M for those select number of internships that they would accept every year was ticket sales. And I'm a pretty ADD person, so if there was not really a, a desire to sit behind a telephone and, and solicit folks for tickets. And, you know, back then at Texas Stadium, you didn't have to do that too much because we were coming off some decent stretches of, of good seasons. But it uh, it just happened, and, and, you know, this is where you see the good Lord working even all the way back then lining things up was, you know, my, my, at the time, my roommate, um, his, his girlfriend was working in our like sponsorship sales department with, um, as an executive assistant. And she just happened to be friends with the me now back then. And he said, you know, I, I could use a DJ. And I was like, that's a lot more up my alley. I don't know what all it entails, but it, it lets me be a part of the actual game day. And so I was like, yeah, I'm in. So he's like, can can you come interview? And, and so I came to Dallas and sat down with him. And before it was over with, he was like, when can you start? And I was like, you know, next week. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I started and didn't really know what to expect at that point, like what it all meant, but I, I did – I felt like it was the right place and the right one for me to take. And, you know, obviously back then it was like, wow, the Dallas Cowboys, like how many people would want to do this job? And so I show up on the first day and I think it was like a Thursday, uh, Thursday or a Friday. And the, uh, the guy that was me, his name was Eddie Giuseppe. And he said, he said, what do you got going on Saturday? Well, I'm like, I'm just coming out of college. I might be sleeping in, you know, not sure. And I didn't say this to him, but he says, well, I need you to show up at the stadium at like 7 a.m. and help these guys wash the helmet that the players run out of. So at Texas Stadium, we had this massive helmet that it was an inflatable, and the team ran through that uh, before every game. And it was about 115 degrees on that football field, and we're out there with brooms and 
dish soap cleaning this helmet for about four hours. To me, that was great. I was like, wow, I'm on the field at Texas Stadium, even though I'm cleaning a helmet, like, let's go. And so fast forward through that season, I was I was the DJ in the booth. And, and back then, we kind of went off of a script of music. It wasn't like just whatever creatively you wanted to play. So you're playing music at the game. At the game. So you're DJing, essentially, but you've got a script of what to do. Right. Let me back up for just a yep. sec. So you leave college. Mm-hmm. So when you took you go interview and you take this job, that's your first job out of college, literally like yep. that quick. Well, it was an internship. Yeah, so, I mean, so and you were you were how old at the time? Uh, twenty three, twenty yeah, twenty three. So you move. I mean, all of this happens pretty quick then. Yes. Okay, and now you're DJing. I mean, that to me as a college kid is already pretty cool. It's pretty I'm awesome. In the stadium, oh yeah, DJing. Yeah, a team that I'm sure most of us grew up watching during the game. During the game, America's team. So. Sign wow. me up for cleaning some helmets. I mean, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, like, be that, fired up. It was, it was, it was, it was very exciting, and, and it just, just the opportunity, right? And I think for me, and I'll go back, but just opportunities are, has been kind of my main driver, right? Like, it's, it's sometimes a selfish thing that you may not be getting what you want at that moment, but it's an opportunity to to prove that you can do more. So DJing at the games and and um, we were it was kind of an on script thing. Just a lot of it was dictated because the cheerleaders had different dances that would go to you know any genre of song, but had to be within certain beats per minute so that they you know that it all worked for them. And and so fast forward through that year, my internship was done, but we had an arena league football team at the time, the Desperados. And they asked if I wanted to stay on and continue doing that. Little did I know that working for a minor league or arena league, you know, non-main um, pro sport was more work than you could ever imagine. <laughs> it, it literally it's like the quintessential small business where you get to do everything. Is that what you're saying? Everything. And when I say everything, so we played at the American Airlines Center. My job on a game day, primary job was DJing the games. About seven hours before that game, I'll show up at the arena, and I have got a small staff that's putting programs at doors. Like you would think that a, a massive arena. No, we had a staff that put programs at doors. We had to put the dasher walls on the field because they're transferring from from uh, or converting from hockey or basketball to our field. A dasher wall. Yeah, the padded walls padded that wall are all the way around okay. the, the y'all, arena. Y'all put those up. We put those up. <laughs> You're the DJ. Not only did we put those up, we put the stickers of the signage that was sold for the sponsorships up on those. Wow. Wow. And so it's like this massive, like, operation but done by about 12 people so that like every time I go and and speak to a college internship class or or any group like that that's looking to go into the sports world I'm like they ask always how do I get there what's the what's the step to get there and it's go work for an arena league or or a minor league sport and it'll show you if a, it'll prove, do you really want to do this? B, it will give you the experience to see everything and how the inner workings, you know, kind of happen. So Now, did you, like, when you said, yeah, I'll do that, 
I just can't believe that they had that laundry list of all the things you're going to be doing on a piece of paper to prepare you. No, you don't. So literally you commit and then you learn along the way in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Dive in head first, <laughs> baby. Welcome. Yeah. Co- coincidentally, I watched the internship with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson last night. <laughs> Great time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sir, have you um, – did your mama teach you how to clean a toilet? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> You're in, buddy. Yeah. That it is the, one of the r- funniest r- movies I've ever seen. Real real quick, I just got to throw this in there. It reminds me of whenever we started Antler Works, <laughs> and we didn't know our head from our butts when it comes to running a company, period, dot. I mean, it was just, it was totally blindside. And you're doing all kinds. Of, so, how, okay, so you, are, is there ever a moment that you're like, what the crap did I get signed up for? He, I, I actually joke with so Charlotte Jones is 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 was was like my primary boss like all the way through. There was a point where I told her that if we would have had so when we moved to to AT and T Stadium, we we had a locker room built for this team. It didn't work out to where the team continued on. But that was probably, like, if I look back in my career where it's like, here's a moment that, man, do I really want to do this? It, it was probably going to be if we would have continued with that. Just, be, just because of the amount of work and not as much staff as, as, you know, now we have armies of staff because we do so many different events than just football. But, yeah, that, that, that was a moment where I was like, this, this is a lot. Now, how long did you do that? So, I think that was three years um, of of back and forth with okay. that. But I'll tell you, like, like it was – even though I wasn't an intern, I wasn't a, a full-time, like, just salaried employee yet, but, you know, I it was – I always looked at it, like, selfishly. I'm like, where am I going to get this – even if I'm – calling it training I would always say that I'm just building my tool belt of of different skill sets where am I going to go that I can use the the latest greatest tools to train myself to just broaden you know my abilities and and build my resume regardless if that meant I was going to stay there or go somewhere else or do something completely different um but it 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 was a definitely a, a teaching time of okay do you want to do this and you know it's funny because the whole time like you know I got best friends and buddies that are like man wow you, I mean now that you've done this you, you could go a lot of places but it was just it, it was all it always went back to man like when it's time it's time right like my dad used to always I remember my dad would tell um, the head coach at Hallsway he's like look you, you don't have to you're not gonna have to fire me because when it's time for me to go and I'm not putting in 110% every day, I'll know, and I'll move on to do something else. So, like, I've kept that mentality the whole – this is my 17th season with the Cowboys. When when I don't get butterflies putting a headset on on a Sunday morning, then I'll know it's time for me to go do something else. That's cool. Very cool. I think that just what stuck out to me, you know, and in, in what you were talking about there, Corey, was how um, – just your your positive mindset when you were, you know, not necessarily cleaning the toilets, but at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah, yeah, and 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 just the way there, there's just very few people, you know, that everybody is so entitled now, 
you know, and, and the, the mindset of, you know, where you might be if you do just bear down and do all these things that, you know, where you might be in five years. So you talked about the opportunity, uh, man, that's, that's encouraging. Uh, you know, that's exciting. I don't think anything great in this world ever happened without hard work and humility Mm -hmm. period. Yeah. That's a great point. I, I think another thing to point out, Corey, is that, uh, what the listener might not understand. And one thing I want to talk about is if God calls you to do something with your life, number one, let's do it with everything that we have and let's give it a hundred percent. Don't be lazy because you don't want to do something. And I've, I've been convicted of that, but also if God calls you to do something with your life, don't make it about money. Because going back to your first couple of years, you, you, you're living on beans and rice. Like, you didn't make hardly any money. And you've had, like, this 17-year journey of, where, yeah, you're doing okay now, you know, but it took you a long time to get there. But your purpose was not about money. It was about what you were doing and, and honoring God through that. Walk us through that journey of, so you were DJ coming in, you worked for the Desperados, you were uh, also working for the Cowboys at the same time, being a DJ for the Cowboys, and kind of the transition of how you got from there to where you are now. So it, it's it's funny because, you know, that's probably the pivotal point for me in, in my career of, of – so before me, there were, I believe, let's see, not counting Texas Stadium, I think there were three three others that were the me before I ended up ultimately being the, the executive producer for games. And the first one, I was young and, and like real young, and I was like, man, surely they're going to give me a shot here. And didn't work out and and so I decided then that look like just keep working and the next one came and then the next one came and that last one um was was a guy named Matt Coy his career path was was much different than mine he bounced to a lot of amazing um teams and and did the Olympics and so you know when he when he got the job that was where I was like man like I just keep getting looked over and looked over and looked over. Well, when he came, he 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 made me pulled me from DJ to be the associate producer, which is kind of the the you know the the right hand of the producer, and 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 now it's it's that position is even developed into, I mean, even more important just because of all the things that are going on. But I can remember when when he left, and then they promoted me to to be this position. Um, it was like, you know what? Like I kept looking back. I'm like, you know what? I wasn't ready to, to take on, like it, it would have set me up potentially for failure. Had I gotten that opportunity that early, um, just because I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I learned, so I use those opportunities to watch and learn and observe and really dig into the intricacies of, you know, what it took to do this job. I'm great at, and not, beating my chest, but I'm great at the football aspect of it and reading a crowd just because I grew up around football my entire life. And so that's what made me a good DJ for an in-game experience because I could be clever and I could be 
um, entertaining, but but just to to feel the crowd. When when do they need this? When when do I need? It's a sort of like Geppetto with Pinocchio. It's like how what string do I pull? Because I can feel that that's what they're looking for. What whenever you say reading a crowd, that's very interesting to me. Because what are you, what are you looking for whenever you? I mean, like, so you're up here. Let's just call it the press box. Sure. You're up here in the press box, and you're looking at you know a hundred thousand people. Are you are you looking at people's mannerisms? Are you zoning in on a on a camera? That's and I don't want. I'm not sure. asking to give away your trade secrets, but no, I, it's just interesting to me. Sure. No, it's 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 all of that. So it's 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 sort of a combination of how the team's performing on the field. Also, you know, where's the momentum just from a game standpoint? Like are we are we, you know, it's it's easy to I'll say this, the the easiest thing in the world in in my world as a producer is to take a crowd to the next level when the team is performing tremendously on the field. Mm-hmm. It's the secret or the, the the toughest part is when you're down by 20 and the fans maybe have given up on, on can they come back or not. I can't because of I have to take the, the consideration of, of people spent their real hard, hard-earned money to come to this game. They don't expect me to give up, even though the, the team isn't performing or, sure, or things sense. aren't going our way. And so it's a matter of it's, – it's like a chess game of, of, all right, like how much is too much, how much is not enough, you know, finding that sweet spot of, all right, let's give them some fun music and then let's give them, a, you know, a music video that, that at least tries to get them back engaged. And that's really like, you know – being the executive producer is, is really about creating the, the absolute best fan experience um, that we possibly can, regardless of the outcome of the game. Cool. Very cool. It's interesting you say that because as I've come to a few games here or there, uh, honestly, because Corey's hooked me up, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've said often it's interesting to me to come to a Cowboys game having been to many different stadiums. Because to me, that's never a doubt that it's going to have high entertainment value. Like that, it's almost attending it for that, and then I, I get to watch the game too, if that makes sense. Yes. Where a lot of other sporting events I've gone to in my life, I'm going to watch the game, and if I were entertained, I were entertained. But I was there to watch the game, so I can definitely feel that. Now that you say that, I've never thought about it that way, but that's interesting. Yeah, the fan experience, I mean, you go to a Cowboys game and then you go to, a, say, a Rangers game. I know it's a different sport, and in baseball it's just slow. No but doubt. it's just, you're right. You're watching the game, and at a Cowboys game, you are entertained. Well, I'll, to that point, like, one of the, the like, the difference, I think, for, for a lot of, like, when you talk about hockey or, or, you know, baseball, which the guys in town that, and basketball, the guys in town that, that, that are the me's of those, like, they have maybe a harder job sometimes because you have a hundred games. We have eight that matter outside of playoff games, and every one of them has to be treated like a Super Bowl because you yeah. only have that many. So it's you also know. the Dallas Cowboys. We're gonna hop out right there. We'll jump right back in on the next podcast with Corey. Uh, if you would uh, hit those like, share, subscribe buttons at the bottom, help us help us reach more people for Jesus. Go out and kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one.